And now a message to Donald Trump voters from Hillary Clinton voters. So your candidate lost. Sorry. We know it feels terrible. We've been there. But you've got to move on. So however you're feeling, here are some coping tips that helped us get through the last four years. You've got to feel your feelings. We know it's embarrassing. So find a safe space, like maybe a Buffalo Wild Wings. Practice self-care. Take a bubble bath. Maybe cry while you listen to whatever Pandora plays when you search acoustic sad. Practice direct action. Contact your government representatives. For best results, don't threaten to kidnap them. Still crushed? Then it's time to break out your blender. We recommend a bottle of bourbon and a pint of fudge brownie ice cream to make what we called breakfast. Or if you're feeling really overwhelmed, just tweet any vague statement of hope followed by the hashtag resistance. We won't be needing it anymore, Snowflake. By the way, snowflakes are beautiful and unique. Not sure how it got turned into an insult. We don't mean it that way. So chin up. We'll see you in four years. In the meantime, you can still drink from your liberal tears mug. Just remember, now they're tears of joy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Riot Act Radio. I'm your host, James Camp. This New Year has had a crazy start. And I guess we've had time to digest what took place last week. And my question is, was it a coup? I want you to consider this. An unhinged mob of MAGA hat-wearing, Trump-flag-waving, phony patriots fired up by the president's lies about election fraud and add to that the instigation by many Republican senators and House members They invaded and ransacked the United States Capitol last Wednesday as part of a coup that was personally encouraged by Donald Trump, who wanted to put a halt to the constitutional process of certifying the election, allowing, of course, for the peaceful transition of power. Well, it nearly didn't happen. Take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. It sounded like any other Trump super spreader rally, right? I didn't see anything too incendiary. But then Congressional Representative Mo Brooks from Alabama, he chided in. Today is important in another way. Today is the day American patriots start taking down names and kicking ass. Now to me, that is inciting to riot. The insurrection led members of the Congress to run for their lives. They were wearing gas masks as the woefully undermanned Capitol Police used tear gas on the rioters. Some of those MAGA types were truly patriotic, waving their Confederate flags in the rotunda. They were screaming for Mike Pence's head on a pole. Many of the Trump cult wore sweatshirts bearing the message, MAGA Civil War. That's a scary thought. Outside the Capitol, some of those knuckleheads built a wooden gallow. I think maybe they were going to hang Mike Pence there because there was a hangman's noose. They beat up reporters and broke their camera gear, many calling the press the enemy of the people, which is a famous quote of Donald Trump. Rioters even scrawled murder the media on the Capitol doorway. A rioter killed a police officer with a fire extinguisher. Another rioter was shot dead 
by a police officer trying to break in to the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's chamber. Now, for me, the most unforgettable image, this MAGA mob commandeering a scaffold, and they took down the American flag and replaced it with a Trump flag, make America great again. I'm sorry, folks, that is disgusting. This was the disastrous and predictive finale of the Make America Great Again coup. Or is it? Because the FBI just issued warnings that armed protesters will be at the inauguration and at every capital of every state in the United States. MAGA is more like morons are governing America. So for more discussion on this and other things, I have a close friend here with me, my first guest, Mike McMullen. He's a very talented artist, movie producer and director and writer. Mike, how are things there in the nation's capital? Hey, Jim, how you doing? Well, you guys have you've heard, well, you've been lambasted with D.C. news. Uh, it's, 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 it's disturbing. Um, and I think, uh, you know, D.C. is competing with Hollywood for your TV attention. It's like as soon as you... We get a little bit back to normal where we can actually watch, you know, some quality TV like Dancing with the Stars. we got to watch the news again to make sure that Washington's not going to blow up or, or that Trump is not going to somehow grow horns and force everybody to, uh, to eat their own genitalia. I don't know what this, what's going on with this uh, country, but this is one of the saddest days in this country, and it's not the sadness is you know, it's, it's about the violence and the insurrection, but it's also, I mean, the real sad part is how friggin' stupid have we got as a people? I mean, most of those people that entered the Capitol, they looked like they didn't even understand the magnitude of their crime. It looked like, like a fraternity party gone, you know, boys gone wild on the beach or something. They, they nonchalantly sat in chairs and took selfies like they had no plan at all. And even though some of them had guns on them, they had no plans to use the guns. They just brought them with them. So it was, it was like, it was the stupidest coup in the history of man. It was the most boring government attempt to take over a government capital in the history of mankind. In the past, when, when citizens have tried to take over their capital, they laid out dozens of bodies to tell the people you can't do this. Or they successfully took over the capital and changed the government. This had no plan. This was just... I mean, it was as idiotic as, the, as we as Americans have become, and we are an embarrassment internationally. I agree. I agree with the embarrassment part. Uh, America is embarrassed by the leadership of uh, Donald Trump, that is for sure. Uh, did you see anything closer to your house, or was it all just kind of concentrated there on the mall? Well, it was all, you know, it, it, it's all concentrated on the mall, but since the pandemic and since the election, the, the amount of aggressive uh, large pickup trucks has picked up. It might be in my imagination. I drive my wife's little red Prius. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing that's a little less ma masculine than a red Prius. But I don't care because I'm just trying to get from one point to point B. My vehicle is not an expression of my manliness or my manhood. It is a tool, just like my hammer and my staple gun and my computer it's not an extension of my penis or a representative <laughs> of my manhood. But it still is in a lot of different sectors of the culture. And then I tell you what, you're driving down the road and somebody pulls up with one of them big, huge, 
pickup trucks with the big tires, and they hover over your backside where you can't even see their license plate, and you know they're just being vehicular bullies. And that has really picked up since the election. There's a lot of aggression on the road. I agree with That's you there, too, Mike. I've asked other people that around town, like, do you, does it feel like traffic has gotten more aggressive? And they're like, 100%, 100% more aggressive. And, well, know, and it, could uh, even, it, it could be just pandemic-related and people being penned up and frustrated. Um, so it, 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 there's several things going on that, that are creating tension in D.C. It's, it's, a, it's a weird time here in D.C. Well, having lived there myself, Mike, I can understand the traffic. But uh, I agree with you on the big, giant pickup trucks. Here in uh, San Antonio, they're everywhere. Uh, and most of the people, now I can, don't get me wrong, I can understand someone owning a big, giant pickup truck because they're a carpenter and they need to haul their equipment. I can understand that. I have my neighbor has two of them sitting in his driveway, and they just use them to drive to and from work. I don't understand it. The idiots with the MAGA flags and the Trump flags flying off the back of them phony patriots. Uh, I do have a question for you, though. As, as we see what's taking place, my question for you is how did these so-called MAGA Trump followers get so damn brainwashed to believe that this dictator bovine excrement is, you know, it's just unforgettable. What's taking place there? Well, we're living in a time where I mean, you, you know, the different ages have titles, and you know, we, we're living in what's called the age of information, and so the and information doesn't necessarily mean factual. Information is just information. I mean, lies are information, right? So, yeah. What has happened is over, you know, a few generations of the digital world and and being able to immediately put out uh, news and share clips and share fake information has become um, inherently a, a second, you know, it's just become part of our culture. So now we can choose the narrative we, we like, and you can find groups and, and, and websites and clubs that will support whatever narrative you want. You know, there's, there's narratives to support these different alternative philosophies until the pie hits you in the face. And I think what happened last Wednesday was the, was the pie hit him in the face or the hammer hit him on the, uh, on the, on the shin, and they found out that, you know, no matter how dissatisfied they are, how much they think news is lying to them, you can't just burst through the Capitol and start taking things over without paying the price. Yeah, uh, but the, getting back to your question, I really think that we have the age of information is quite possibly one of the most dangerous ages of, that man has known. You, you think that the Stone Age and the Iron Age and the age of industri the industrial age would have been uh, more dangerous, a harder time to live through. But in the age of information, if someone knows how to hack, they could make you. They could make your computer look like you had a history of pornography on there and ruin your career with that information at the stroke of a mouse. You know, they don't have to come over with a billy club or a shotgun. They can ruin you with false information, and people are ready to believe the worst in everybody nowadays. You know. Well, it's uh, definitely social media is a, a contribution for that. I can understand why someone might vote for Trump in 2016. Hillary was certainly a flawed candidate. I can even understand why maybe they even voted for him last November. But after this, this unhinged, anti-democratic and immoral action last week, I can't understand how anyone could remain loyal to him now. Oh, I know. Well, I, I saw on um, 
on Facebook, I saw someone is making, uh, there's a limited edition. There's only a thousand of these sweatshirts you can buy, and each of them come with their own number. It's either one, two, all the way up to a thousand. But they're promising they're only making a thousand so that it's a limited, small, special group. And the sweatshirt says, I stormed the Capitol on the 5th of January. And it's like, who the hell is making this crap? And, and are you serious? I mean, you, there's got to be a lot of people that are hiding out in their homes hoping that no one recognized them doing what they did. Because I think people got swept up in the moment. I, I really believe that the, that, that the Trump followers are a mixture of people. And I think there is uh, some of the Trump followers that are really, um, they're good people. They weren't down on the mall. They accepted the election. Um, and I think there's anarchists and nihilists that are part of the group, not because they agree with anything Trump says. They don't give a damn about political issues. They don't care about Trump. What they see is that he's making Rome burn, and that's all they want, just someone to make things burn. And so I believe those anarchists strategically spread themselves around the crowd and heard it. What normally, what, what normally people would not have gone through that act but they were herded. They had gotten a little high in the moment, and they got hyped up, and I think those people got herded into the Capitol. And I think that probably 90% of them are just, they're, they're guilty of being dumb as a rock, but innocent of actually knowing what they were doing. Now, I wouldn't say 90%. I'm going to say uh, a good maybe 50% of them were innocent. But the majority of those people there were there because Donald Trump sent out a tweet, come to Washington, D.C., and let's raise hell. You know, and that's what they did. Came to D.C., and they wanted to burn it down. For me, you got to ask yourself, how does it get this way? Now, I think too many of the Trump supporters are addicted to Foxy Cotton. Uh, Fox News certainly provided some of that. A certain kind of clannish hate porn, you might call it, to their audience, and Donald Trump fed on that fire, uh, turned family members against each other. I don't know if you've seen it yet. If you haven't, you need to go watch it. It's called The Brainwashing of My Dad. It's a movie, and it's by a lady named Jen Senko, and it's on, and she recalls observing her father turning from a loving and caring person into a hate-filled MAGA Trump supporter. Here, I have an excerpt from that uh, movie, Brainwash, Brainwashing My Dad. Here it is. Listen. It's a little long, so stay with it, though. It's very, very poignant. I remember this one time when we all went to New York. We got outside Port Authority, and there was an African-American homeless man, and he asked my dad for some money. My father gave him what was at that time a decent amount of money and called him sir. That made such an impression on me and taught me you treat everybody with respect. We weren't really a political family. My dad was a non-political Kennedy Democrat. But then when he started listening to talk radio, I saw him change a lot. I think I first noticed something different about him when I came down to visit. I was working in New York at the time. He picked me up at the bus station and was driving me back to the house. On the ride home, we passed the Hooters. He mentioned that he was really pissed off that some feminazis did not want women with their breasts hanging out to be working at Hooters. I said something like, well, maybe the feminists have a point. 
He was so mad, he threatened to pull the car over and let me hitchhike home. I was very surprised because I was thinking, I bet he never even walked into a Hooters before. He became really angry about stuff, stuff that I didn't know he ever even gave a thought to, like, you know, Hooters. When we moved and he had a very long commute by car, he would listen to the radio on the long drive. Then he started to change. Well, the feminazis began their quest to make women more like men, dress like us, acquire power like us, have careers like us, all that. And then his Rush Limbaugh-loving buddy told him he could listen to more talk radio at night with a tiny portable radio and earbuds. And then it got worse after he discovered Fox News. His new beliefs came first. It was almost like he joined a cult or had a new religion. Frankie is the family pest. He has to force his political views on all of us. I did it Frank's way. It was his way or the highway when it came to politics. After emailing came in, Dad's emails were hateful against Democrats, and he would forward them to me. He started getting fanatical. Oh, he would send some nasty email back like, F you, or... I, I started getting his emails, and I got 394 emails. I really thought there was somebody else other than Frank Senko sending these things. And in fact, he didn't author any of these. They were just, you know, recycled things that he received from his other uh, right-wing uh, cronies. I'd always thought that he was capable of uh, deeply thinking about issues, but it was apparent at that point that it's not that he wasn't capable of it, he wasn't interested in it. And that, to me, was a dangerous signal. So what did happen to Dad? Was he brainwashed? I didn't know. This went on for years. So I finally decided to make a film to figure it out. We knew better than to discuss politics together. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's just an excerpt from the movie called The Brainwashing of My Dad. If you haven't seen it, go to Amazon. It's a, a, a documentary there. Very good movie, and it really points out a lot. You just heard a few minutes of it. It's very, very enlightening, you might say. Mike, let me ask you this question. With all this going on, and it's going to continue even after probably the inauguration when Joe Biden is actually sworn in as president, but what kind of country does the MAGA cultists want if Trump were dictator? If Trump had overturned the election, that's what he would be, a dictator. So what kind of country are the MAGA cultists looking for? You know, I, I think, well, you know, it's hard to say because there's so many different concerns that these people think that he represents. I think the biggest one is the abortion issue. I think that is the cornerstone of his, uh, I think that's the one big thing that has kept him afloat. Um, I don't think that his white supremacy nod has given. I, I don't think that's his majority of his followers. I don't think there's enough of them to elect the president. But then that just might be my ignorance because I don't. I mean, I'm not living around in an no, area where there might the, be, the, you know, touting their flags and being real proud of it. Um, there, a big majority of that crowd that stormed the uh, the Capitol were white supremacists. In that one well, that's jackass the who was carrying, making. I mean, the guy's obviously the, the guy's wearing the Auschwitz. T-shirts uh, are are uh, supremacists. Um, little do they know that you know Jewish people consider themselves white too. 
but uh, you know, <laughs> true. You, you can't you can't really place logic on hate when hate gets boiling in anyone's blood. It's well, almost about- like part of the brain shuts off when we get angry um, and we get too emotional. And uh, I think we've just been we've been indulging in pure emotion for like a decade now, like arrogantly just indulging both sides. I mean, I don't, I, I definitely don't want to slam the Democrats as much as the Republicans, but I am not giving them both a pass card. I think they've both been reacting and, and feeding their constituents pure emotional stuff. The whole idea that if this guy wins, the country's over, or if this guy wins, the country's over, that's the, that's the sounding horn of fascism. When you when you believe that that this leader that it's, everything is going to fall apart, we had Trump for four years, nothing fell apart. We got embarrassed and he screwed up some things, but we're still a good country and we nothing still do most of the things apart? we want to do. When he was elected four years ago, people and I was one of them. We thought, oh man, this that's it. It's the end of our country, and it wasn't. And then when he ran again and it got close, I'm right there with the people saying, oh my God, if he gets elected again, America will never be the same. Well, now, the people on the other side of the fence are saying the same thing about Biden and Harris. And that's not a healthy thing for the people to be at, because there's no one person that's going to come in here and ruin the country. Now, he did a damn good job of trying, but he was unsuccessful, in my opinion. Well, let's put it this way. According to Donald Trump, the war is not over. He's recently just down there in Texas now, I don't know, in Alamo, Texas, which is where he built his wall. And he said none of this was his fault, even though he says he wants peace. But none of this is his fault. This is a guy for the last four years that isn't to blame for anything. Everything that took place in this country is not Donald Trump's fault. And that's the reason he brought him down. He didn't care about the pandemic. He didn't care about the people who got sick from the pandemic. This guy nearly ruined this country. So you can say, oh, gee, you know, it's on both sides. Well, this side and the Republicans who backed him, the Jim Jordans, the Ted Cruz's, they're the ones, and I'm telling you now, Ted Cruz and this Holly guy from Missouri, they're going to be running for president, and they're looking for that same base, and they're going to stir that hatred back up again. So this country is on the verge of, of disappearing or not being what the great American experiment was supposed to be about. So I understand and I appreciate your comments on that, but I kind of disagree with you in that one respect. That has been historically the, the, the notion. I mean, Trump, now Biden, Biden never said, if you don't elect me, the country's over. If you don't elect a Democrat. But Trump, for years, has been saying, I'm the only one who can do this. I'm the only one who can solve the problems. I'm the only one who can do this. So he, he from the very beginning, started setting himself up as a fascist leader, as something that somebody that we, we could, he's the only one who can solve problems. He's that, the only one that can fix I the problems, somebody, but he didn't fix any problems. No, he created problems. He only created problems. He, let me ask you one more question before we wrap this thing up. Uh, there's a lot of talk. They've submitted the, the, the articles of impeachment. Uh, they're talking about impeachment because um, Mike Pence will not do the 25th Amendment. So my question is, should the House of Representatives impeach the president? Well, yes, they should. I mean, his actions were... It were, were were vile. I mean, there has to be some kind of statement of, re- of repulsion on what he did. We can't let it slide. And if Mike Pence and a Republican Party had their thinking cap on, 
they would do the 25th Amendment, and then Pence could pardon the son of a bitch. As it is now, he's not going to get pardoned, and, and people are going to come after him. But Pence could be president for a day long enough to pardon Trump. Really, we're thinking about the country. That's what they would do. Well, that's true. But see, that's the problem. The Republicans don't think about the country. They don't think about the people of the country. They only think about their donors and, and keeping control of the nation. That's what they think about. So he can't run I think again he if they do that. He, will, he wouldn't be able to run again. Uh, they um, probably won't send the articles of impeachment up into uh, the Senate until after Joe Biden is elected. So then they'll have control of the Senate. I think he should be impeached for, for just one reason. To set the example, precedent. Yeah. Uh, they should, well, they should make the it very clear that a president, Republican or Democrat, cannot lead an insurrection against our country now or in the future. There should be consequences for that. Trump has never experienced consequences for anything in his entire life. Well, see, he's, he is the president. This is, I know that this is going to probably get you mad, but I've always thought that he is what the president that, that we deserve. As much as we hated him and disliked what he did, his, his attitude, his arrogance, his, his, his denial of any accountability has been the American mirror for the last 20 years, 20, 30 years or so. We have grown into an arrogant that disgusting country, and he is our president. He's holding up a mirror that we all need to pay attention to. Taking Trump out doesn't solve the problem. He brought all these people to the, I mean, we have to take him out, but thinking that if you just take Trump out, Trump out, oh, we're going to go back to game as is, we'll all be nice. No, nah, because you still got Ted Cruz, you still got all those guys with their face makeup on the Capitol that are going to be mulling around that are unhappy. We have a disease in the mentality and the philosophy of the American dream has gotten off track. It's like a, it's like a warped record now, and it's not playing right. I agree. Accountability is a big part of our culture that has been, we've created all these different venues to not be accountable. And I got to thank our boy Bill Clinton for a big Thanksgiving dinner of that shit, you know. He created a huge distrust and accountability all over and he was a master at getting out of, of being responsible. I wish he'd have just told everybody it's none of your business instead of making up all those lies. Well, see, that's the uh, Trump's uh, personality today. The guy lies every other word. He's all the time. He has they no empathy against the law for he doesn't even have empathy lie for his own on the pulpit when he's talking. I mean, if he's standing around the men's club or someone catches him off guard and he wants to just say, hey, I don't want to talk about that or I don't know, fine. But if you come, you're coming out and you're making a press statement to the nation... You should not be able to willfully lie to the nation. It should be illegal for a president to willfully lie to the country. That should be illegal and impeachable. Yeah, and that's true, and all the MAGA hat wearers just lap that stuff up. Um, yeah. As we wrap this thing up, I'd like to say, uh, Mike, that, that Trump won't be here after the 20th. Well, he'll be here, but he won't be part of the government anyway. Uh, Trump right. departs next week, and I think he's a total disgrace. He has shamed our country. He has, he has debased himself, and, and he's betrayed the oath of the office of the President of the United States. This guy has assaulted the rule of law with cold-blooded elation, and the truth matters little to him. So i got to look at the bright side. On the bright side, after January 20th, 
which is what, next week? There's going to be no more Trump in the White House. After the 20th, there'll be no more Pompous Pompeo, the, no more smug Ivanka and Jared or little Donnie Jr., those overprivileged, sniveling little snots. There's going to be no more Mike Pence, and thankfully, no more that little Nazi, which is kind of funny to say because he's Jewish, uh, Stephen Miller. I'm just happy for that aspect of this, of this thing. As I leave the show here, folks, uh, I want to thank Mike for being with me, but if you'd like to make comments on this show, you can call at my studio phone number at 210-281-4366, 210-281-4366, and leave your comments, and I will put them on the show. If you want to tell me I'm full of bovine excrement, please do. Everybody gets on the show. Give me your name and where you're calling from, and your comments will be on the show. You can also follow me on Twitter at Riot Act Radio, and you can drop your comments on Facebook, my Facebook page at uh, Riot Act Radio. Send me an email, riotactradio at yahoo.com. So, that wraps it up. This episode, the first episode of Riot Act Radio, Mike... I really appreciate hey, you being with me, man. Uh, you you helped me keep the show together. Thanks for being here. I appreciate being on. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, as the weeks go by, I can find maybe some tongue-in-cheek and a little humor in the news. Sorry, didn't, couldn't find anything funny about last week. Just tragedy. But we'll <laughs> we'll we'll keep working on the on the funny angle. Yeah, we're going to do that. And I have um, Roy Zimmerman. He's agreed to be with me. Let me play some of his uh, political satire. And Pinky Williams out of Austin, Texas as well. Oh, that's good. Rocky, yeah, Mon Rocky Mountain Mike from the Rocky Mountains. So we're going to be looking forward to that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with me. It's going to get funnier and it's going to get better. Goodbye. So I'll leave.